Hi, welcome to the Coffee Chat Show here on Buzzing Patea, the show where we talk about things that are happening right here, right now, as well as general news, tips, information and advice. I'm so happy that today joining me is a good friend of mine, Paul. How are you doing, my man? I'm good. It's good. great to have you here. It's and just, oh man, I'm so happy. I'll tell you why. You know, when you come to Patea, like people say, oh, there's certain characters around the city and there's certain people you need mm. to meet. And you're like, you're on top of that list, aren't uh, you? Well... <laughs> Maybe before, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, talk about role reversals, because normally you're the guy doing the interviewing. I am, that's right. Know, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> this that's it. unusual so, for you. Yeah, this is um, a busman's holiday, right, or something, <laughs> right? Got your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, it has a bit, yeah. Well, anyway, for those, we'll see how we <laughs> Well, for those of you that don't know, uh, Paul is a very, very well-established, uh, what we call you, like, MC, interviewer, compare. I mean, is there anything I've missed out there? Because, you know... Uh, yeah, I mean... That, that was it, you know, it was kind of, yeah, media, MC and all that stuff. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. well, basically any party where there's alcohol involved, you were there. <laughs> well, that's another way of putting it, you know, that's like, you know, in brackets sort yeah, of thing, well, you know. Well, they're good brackets. <laughs> well, they always, well, I don't know. The hangovers were good, you know, let's say it put it that way. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, we're going to touch on, on a lot more about what you've done here over the years. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll touch a lot more of that in part two. But before we get to that stage, what I'd mm. like to do is, you know, where are you originally from? Uh, well, from Scotland. Yeah. Um, but I grew up in uh, Perthshire, which is sort of just above Edinburgh and Glasgow. Um, so that's why, you know, I don't have that sort of deep Glaswegian thing, yeah. you know, that, that. But I was born in Aberdeen, which is, you know, there's all these different dialects to Scotland, you know. Yeah. And people always say, oh, the Scots hate the English. You know, we don't need you for a fight. We, <laughs> we fight with each other. You know, that's anyway. Anyway, I was brought up in... In Persia. In Persia. Yeah. So how does Persia compare to Bataya? Uh, well, it's, it's a bit different. Begin with the it, same letter. It's, that's about <laughs> it. Um, yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful city, a uh, very sort of conservative city, mm. um, um, but very, very nice. And uh, the area I grew up in, in was actually just north of Perth, in Burnham and Dunkeld. My family were hoteliers. And oh, okay. Uh, we bought this hotel from Lester Piggott, Did actually. You? Yeah, he uh, he thought that because we were near Schoon Racecourse, that the hotel would be great because Schoon was going to be the next big race meet, and it didn't happen. Okay. So we bought the hotel. Uh, I mean, I, I say we. I mean, I was only uh, nine, I think, when, yeah. I, when we moved there. But it was a, a great place to grow up. It was. If I showed it to you, it's 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 like. It's like Harry Potter land. You wow. know, it's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. So you're a young lad, nine mm. years old, in the hotel industry, mm. which is kind of like sort of like the entertainment-ish world. Mm, sure. Did you ever picture as you were growing up you're going to be here? <clears throat> well, I wouldn't say that I, I pictured I was going to live here, but um, my my father before he was married, he'd he'd um, spent some time in Hong Kong. He was a butcher at trade, and uh, once we started to become quite successful, the hotels. We always took our family holiday oh, okay. to the Far East. So the Far East was never quite so far, but that was always Hong Kong. Yeah. And then it became Hong Kong, Bangkok, Singapore, and then over time, a bit of Pattaya as well. So what age were you when you first came to uh, Thailand? Uh, I think, I'm, I'm not sure, maybe about 14 or 15. 14. Yeah. Wow. I, I made it home though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get married or anything like that. So that, that was a bonus. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was fantastic, you know. And, and vastly different to what it's like now, obviously. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I think at the time, um, like 
to get to Pattaya from Bangkok, I think it was about a seven or eight hour drive. You know, wow. it was, it was That's amazing. Yeah, that was yeah. a horse and car. <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. A rickshaw, maybe, right, would be more appropriate. But no, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a long way back then because, you know, they, I mean, now, you know, people sometimes joke, oh, Thailand's third world. You know, you look at the infrastructure that's here, it's absolutely uh, phenomenal. Oh, actually. isn't it just? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and we, we won't go into detail, but, you know, people saying, oh, Patea's finished, it's over, it's done because mm. of what we're currently going through. Mm. And yet I've seen more buildings being built, more yeah, sure. restructuring, refurbishments sure. than I've ever seen in my life here. So, uh, well, the great thing about Thailand is it always bounces back. Mm. So, yeah. You know. So, young lad in Scotland, mm. Um, mm. you know, what was your career path? Where, where did you start off? Uh, well, I, I don't know. You know, I wasn't very academic. You okay. know, I was I, I was playing in bands. Uh, you know, like keyboards and early synthesizers, uh, and that kind of thing. And then, um, you know, I was working. I was working in my parents' hotel. You know, we were always on duty. I, yeah. I can't remember owning pajamas. You know, <laughs> it, I mean, literally, yeah. it's absolutely true. You know, I used. To, I remember I, I, my a girlfriend of mine. I bought her some earrings for her birthday. This is when I was like. 14 or something yeah. and I had this little keyboard and she goes I'd love one of those for my birthday and I already bought the earrings <laughs> and I was thinking I was being romantic and I went into John Menzies W. Smith in yeah. England and I went in and I said to the lady I said oh I need a Casio VL tone and she said yeah no problem look after the till it's been murder here today and she went away and she <laughs> thought I was like Christmas staff because I was wearing a shirt and tie because I was working in my parents' hotel. So I was like this 14-year-old kid wearing a shirt yeah. and tie but quoting the exact model I was after. So she came back with her coat on, gave me the thing, and she left. <laughs> and I had the, this day, I thought, Ooh. so I just walked. So I'm sorry about that. Damn, see, I, I wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I wouldn't do it now, of course, of course, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was it was kind of uh, music, and then I, uh, I got into setting up mobile discos, you know, entertainment for the local village and uh, and all, all that kind of stuff. Really. How did you find setting up, like, a mobile deal? I mean, back in the day, like, 7-inch, 12 inches, I mean... Yeah, sure. Well, 12-inch was really just starting. That was a Soy 6 dream. Uh, some, <laughs> something like that, yeah. Um but because we, we owned the hotel and with the pub, we used to get all the records. When they came along and changed the records in yeah. the jukeboxes, I got all the, the old ones. Oh, wow. Right? So, I mean, like I had a huge record collection and then there was nothing going on in the village. So we, we went to the, the guy that had the local city hall, you know, the local village hall sort of thing. And we said to him, look, there's nothing going on. We want to put on some discos. Yeah. He said, well, okay, how are you going to do that? I said, well... You know, we've got the records and we know a bit about music, but we have to buy some amps and I think we can build the light boxes. Yeah. I actually bought the, the light bulb holders in Hong Kong because oh, I was wow. going on holiday. You could buy hundreds of them, right? So we came back, built the boxes, bought the amps, bought the turntables, and uh, we turned, went back to the guy and we said, right, we're all ready to go. And he says, yeah, he says, but you boys haven't got any experience. So I booked this other guy. So thanks, yeah. lads. And I thought, oh, really? Okay. So I said, so when's, the, when's your first gig? He said, uh, oh, it's on uh, this, this coming Saturday. And a friend of mine, his father owned a hotel. So mm -hmm. I went to his father and I said to him, is your, your hall available on this Saturday? He said, yeah. I said, I want to put on a disco. He said, how much are you going to pay me? And I said, it sounds like something from the Godfather movie, right? <laughs> I said, I'm not going to pay you. I said, but you're going to make a fortune on the bar. Because the, the local village hall didn't have a bar. Oh, right, okay. And I, I was 17 at the time, I yeah. think. 
So, of course, everybody came to our gig because there was a bar. Yeah. And two months later, the other guy had sold his business and um, that was able to do, to fund me to buy my, my first uh, sports car at wow. the age of 17. Sports so car, what did you have? I bought a 205 GTI, 1.6, that's all there was. <laughs> I mean, I bought it, I had no idea it was like a, a pocket rocket. You yeah. Know? <laughs> So uh, yeah, it was. It was. So you were like King Dingling. I was. I, well, I thought I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that yeah. kind of car, mate, you know, fair play to you. I yeah. mean, I'd have thought the same. So you're you're in the entertainment industry, and did that kind of like set you up for like the, the rest of your life? Because I've known you here mm. as obviously mm. you know Paul in the entertainment. Mm. I mm. mean, did that really sort of like step you up to go into that for full time? No, not really. No, I, I, I had no aspirations. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I know what I liked, yeah. but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I became a driving instructor. I was the youngest driving okay. instructor in Scotland at one point. And at one point, I had a 50% pass rate. Did you? Well, that was with my first client, and then the next one failed. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, um, so I did that, and then I, I, you know, I worked in insurance, you know, financial advisor and stuff like that. Mm. And then uh, I went on to work for Richard Branson in his retail stores. Nice. And, you know, I was working uh, nationally at that point, working uh, loss prevention in, in various other stores, and I was a store manager. Um, and then in the evenings, I, was, uh, uh, I became a director of an arts festival as a voluntary thing. And I guess that's where my sort of segue into doing sort of things for the community mm. started. Um, and it was a classical festival that was basically, you know, their audience were dying off because <laughs> they, they weren't bringing in a new crowd. So well, I, I thought was, you meant dying off as in like dying. Well, 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 they were. They were. They were. You know, they were getting older, but they weren't doing anything to bring in a younger generation. Mm. So I was brought in to to do that. So I hired people like um, Jules Holland, The Stranglers. Uh, Injury in the Blockheads, wow. um, Bob Geldof, Rick Wakeman, all these sort of things. But I also ran a, a late night speakeasy, like a little jazz club and blues yeah. and comedy. And it was great. And, uh, you know, to this day, it's now the second most popular festival in Scotland. And of course, Edinburgh is number one. So, so did people come to you to ask you about like bands and approve like you know what do you think of this band and what do you think of that band? Did anyone ever like ask you about certain bands that well, maybe you look back and think mm, I missed out there? <laughs> yeah, well, see, I, I have I have a habit of missing out. Um, well, you didn't miss out. You made a massive claim on this I, one. I, I did, yeah. So, well, so you got to understand. I would finish work at Virgin. I was the oldest person there, like by fifteen years, yeah. and then I would go to the festival meetings where I'm the youngest person by 20 years, right? <laughs> so it was really kind of weird. And they said to me, oh, we've been offered this band and we can get them for about, I think it was 8,000 8, quid. And uh, I'd heard of the band and I said, well, I've only heard, the, the, they've only had one single and it's pretty kind of depressing. You know, I don't think we can, we used to say clean our face, right? We can't, oh, okay. we can't, we can't sell out. Yeah. And they said, okay. And so we turned the band down and the band was <laughs> Coldplay, who I think three years later were voted the best live band in the world. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that must um, have been pretty brutal to look back and think, damn, we missed out there. Well, you know, it's funny. I just remembered that when I was doing the, the disco things a few years earlier, I was asked to join a band, mm -hmm. in, a band from Perth as a backing keyboard player. And... Um, I said no because I was too busy and then 
two weeks later, they were number seven on top of the pops, and that was Fiction Factory <laughs> oh, with Feels Like Heaven. Not that I would have been on top of the pops, you know, I was like like the backing guy, you know, like the Rolling Stones and Queen, they've all got these backing keyboard yeah. players, but they never get any credit. Yeah. So, but anyway, that was another. So if you ever got to sit down for a, a, a cold one with uh, Chris Martin, what would you say to him? <laughs> You're getting better. <laughs> well, you know, he, he, scored, he scored marrying uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, oh, didn't yeah, he? I, you know, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, imagine that. You could have been rubbing... You could have been at their wedding. I, I could have. Yeah. Uh, well, who knows? I mean, you've got to think yeah. about weddings as well, don't you? Because, like, when you got engaged, wasn't that a bit of a shock to the system? <laughs> no. That's his brother. Uh, See, I've been talking to your uh, brother David and okay. he's nailed you here. Sorry. <laughs> All right, David, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're young, and we're bouncing back and forward on the timeline here, yeah. but when you're young, you know, sometimes you get a bit of pressure from your better half, you're right? And you're like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get engaged, right? Just to kind of appease her. <laughs> and then she said, uh, when's the wedding? And I said, who's getting married? She goes, us. I said, what? Are you mad? So, sadly, um, yeah. as you can An imagine. experience. Uh, yes. An experience. Yeah, yeah. So, let, let's talk about, you know, obviously you're, you're a young lad, you're doing really well, you're starting to find your feet in what you want to do, mm. etc. I mean, when was the first time you came back to Pattaya on your own? Um, yeah, I was, uh, well, I don't know, maybe about 20 years ago. It's hard to say, really. Mm. Um, but uh, what, what, what happened was, when I was the a director of the Arts Festival, we took the local press out right. to, to get them drunk, so they'd write lots of nice things for us. Yeah. And the lady who ran a radio station, she said to me, she said, you know, you've got a really nice voice, which I thought was just a nice way of saying you're ugly, you know. <laughs> um, and anyway, so I, I, I got this gig doing a, a radio show. I love movies, so I did a show about movies. And then I did the Saturday afternoon show. And then yeah. I was doing every afternoon. And um, anyway, I was going through a divorce at the time. So that all finished. And uh, I went to Europe for four or five months, mm -hmm. sort of following my nose. And I came, and I came to Thailand for four weeks by myself. First time I'd had a prolonged mm. holiday, not just the two-week um, something fest. Anyway, um, and you know, I started to see a different side to the. To the, to the <laughs> to, really? You know the dark side. What, what kind of side was that then? Paul? No, you know, I mean, it's 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 different when you're not just the the two week holiday maker. Yeah. You know, you start to think about other things. You yeah. know, and you start to think, well, wait a minute, could I could I live here? And what actually happened was. I went back to Scotland for Christmas and New Year, and the tsunami hit Thailand. Oh, okay. Um, so I woke up, I heard the news, and I was doing a live broadcast that morning. And um, yeah, I was just so emotional. And I, I felt this, it sounds nonsense, but I felt this draw. And that was it, 14 days later I moved here, and that, that wow. was it, seven, so nearly 17 years I've been here. Wow. Yeah. So when you were on the radio before you came out here, I mean, I guess like people would request a lot of songs for you? Yes, yeah, people would request songs. So like, yeah. you know, was this it like- This sounds like a set up by my brother again, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's only like songs that, you know, particularly when you were playing on the air, you think there's a lot of people asking for the, I know, say like 
Cotton Eye Joe or something like that. <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe was my favourite song to hate because I just and 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 I think people <laughs> people start to get to know that. And of course, I had all these friends who were listening, so they would text and email and you know. And then the producers <laughs> going, "Are you going to play that bloody song or not?" I'm like, "It's rubbish." <laughs> and who is Cotton Eye Joe? You know, have they found him yet? You know, twenty years later, they still haven't found him. So um, yeah, that that would. That would drive me up. See, even a your bit, birds are mad. agreeing. When, as soon as we mentioned Cotton Eye Joe, they started squawking. If you start singing, they, they, they know it, yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah. <laughs> You've yeah. heard me singing. All right, yeah. we, we understand Cotton Eye Joe. We won't, we won't put it on the promise you. So you, you triggered the bird, didn't you? <laughs> when he mentions that word, squawk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you came over here to live. I mean, what year was that when you came here? Well, so it was just after the tsunami. Um, so I think it was uh, January. What, was the tsunami 2005? Yeah, 2000, 2004 four, maybe, yeah. uh, so I came out in 2005, in like January the 14th or something. And like when you made that decision, mm. you know, what did your family think, you know, to say that's it, I'm, I'm done uh, and dusted? Um, I don't think I said I was done and dusted, but I came out, you know, I packed up all my stuff, put it into storage in Scotland, and I wanted to turn the page, mm. you know, and... I, I always see life as, as chapters, you know, and there's a, there's a time in your life where you do a certain thing and, you know, it can be great and you mm. might be brilliant at it. But to, to, to keep the, the inertia, to keep the momentum going, you've got to change, you've got to move on. Um, you know, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't like the idea of, you know, having the same career for 30 or 40 years. The pension would be very nice, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, it but um, I think, you know, you've got to, and you've got to be open to chance mm -hmm. and to taking a chance, you know, and, you know, like the, this radio thing I was doing, it was voluntary at first, mm -hmm. and then it was paid, but that gave me the confidence that when I came here, I thought, oh, I'll get a job working in radio, because it must be easy, mm. right? Yeah, cool, yeah. Um, but you know, I was I was just so lucky. I just bumped into a guy in the, in the pub, and uh, I told him, you know, what I did. And he said, Oh, he said, I'm working for a TV station. They're looking for someone to do voiceovers. So that was it. I started reading the news on mm -hmm. Patty Mail TV. Any regrets? Uh, I, um, no, no regrets. None, none at all. You know. Um, we, it took me, I think it took me three months to learn how to say the mayor's name. <laughs> uh, the mayor at the time was Niran Watanasasaton. That's a name, isn't it? It is, but you know, you used to have to read this and it was all in one take, right? We didn't have digital recording yeah. back then. And <laughs> I, I got into a right flummox, you know, I was like, take 35, take 36. <laughs> Kumpal, when are we going to air, you know? Um, but yeah, no, no regrets. And I think it's... Um, you know, people sometimes say to me, you know, I'm, I'm not particularly successful in terms of, like, money. But I think, what is happiness, you know? Mm. What is happiness? I, for me, it's not having a fat bank account, because I've never had one. Mm. But I think ha happiness is, is just being at peace with yourself and, and knowing that, you know, you, you're, you're all right. So talking about happiness, mm. I want you to go back in time a few years before we're in the situation we're in right now. Mm. Everything's at its full flow. Yeah. You've got a choice. Soy six or walking street? Which one? All oh, right. Is that one of your standard questions? No, it that isn't you actually. Ask? I just thought I'd throw it at you. All oh, right, okay. No, I've never I've not actually asked that to anybody, mm. but I thought let's throw that one at you. 
Well, uh, okay, it's <laughs> it's a good question, and I think uh, well, it, you know, it depends on the company. As I guess is is the answer. I'm not talking about my mother. I mean, <laughs> uh, your mum's here, isn't she? Yeah, my mum yeah, lives here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's uh, and we, you know we're, we're so on, lucky. We're getting down to six. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, I remember. Um, you know, we, you know, my, my mates' wives. You know, because because the guys would say, "I oh, was going down, saw half a dozen." Yeah, and of course the the wives would get kind of savvy to that yeah right because they would they would know it meant soy six <laughs> so we developed another code and we said oh we're having a meeting between five and seven <laughs> <laughs> and then my mate and my mate in front of our front of his wife would go oh great soy six is <laughs> like, oh. no anyway you know it was it was it was great times legendary yeah. legendary stuff you know so you you haven't answered my question uh six or walking street Probably, probably Soy Six. You know, I've never. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've done Walking Street to, to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but probably the Six. You yeah. know, just, just, just because the the sheer characters mm. you can you can find. I remember one time there was a, a guy driving down there. You know, selling like watermelons. You know, yeah. and he's got the little, you know, the you know like the speaker thing. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, microphone yeah. and the speaker. And my friend went up to him, gave him a hundred baht, grabbed the thing. So my friend's outside the car <laughs> and he starts serenading the street. He starts singing, you know, you can't bring me flowers. <laughs> and, you know, everywhere's just stopped. Like, what is this guy yeah. doing? You know, and it's just moments like that that sort of stick yeah. in your mind, you know. So well, you've got, just... you got a lot of moments here because obviously, you know, I've known you for what, now 10 years and mm. I've known you in the industry that you've, so well known for you know mm. the entertainment industry here in terms of like the interviews that we're going to touch on that a lot mm. more in part two because I know you've got some great stories for that okay and uh, we'll, we'll talk about Maxine interview mm -hmm. uh, how do we describe that it was like you're on the spur of the moment and bladdered really weren't you <laughs> well yeah you know yeah, you, 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 yeah so it was it was um, don't spill the beans we'll okay. do that in part two but I'll, right. tell you, I'll tell you this guy right he's, he's you've been stood next to what, what were they were they like international supermodels uh, yeah, they were, uh, yeah, yeah, some, yeah. you know. When do I get my turn? You're not getting any of that action. Yeah, no, no, it's see, happening, mate. It's, it's all about timing. <laughs> well, my time is clearly wrong. But before we finish on part one, I just want to ask you one question. You've got a young lad, he's back home, he's never been to Patea before, everything's back to normal now, we're back home. Okay. What would be your nugget of advice? What would you say to him now? Listen, sit yourself down, sunshine. I need to tell you this one piece of advice and you've got to take it on board and go and do it. What would you say to him? Oh, well, I would give him the advice that I was given, okay. which was from a guy who'd been here 23 years. Okay. And this is when I first arrived. And he said to me, he said, the longer I live here, the less I understand. Oh, okay. And and that doesn't mean that Patti or Thailand's a bad place, but you can't you can't adopt the same principles of of you know what's going to happen mm. as you would you know in 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 the West. You just never know what's going to happen here, but embrace it rather than push it away day by day. Yeah, well, day I say embrace day. it. You know, yeah. one on one side, yeah. one on the other. <laughs> and you've been good at that as well. I know. I've seen you. <laughs> part, part of the job. Absolutely, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank okay. you so much, indeed, guys. Right, Paul Strachan here. I mean, he really is one of Patty. Patty is really cool characters. I've known him a long time. He's brilliant. Part two, we're going to find out about this yacht 
that uh, you was on mm. interviewing some rather very mm. pretty young ladies, which clearly mm. I got left out on the invitation, which yep. is not good. And some other things that you've been up to, etc. And also about a, a more serious side of your nature as well. Mm. But we're going to do that in part two. Guys, that's it from us today here on the Coffee Chat Show. Thank you very much for watching. As always, guys, remember hit the subscribe button and also the bell icon if you'd like to be notified when we bring out a new video. Check out our members area. More and more members are joining each and every week. There's lots going on in there. And join our Discord group. Over 3,000 people now just like you with a love for this fantastic city that we're currently sat in, all talking about lots of different things, sharing photos, videos, etc., etc. Check it out, guys. There's a link down below. All right, that's it from me and Paul. Thank you very much for watching, and please, as always, wherever you are in the world, stay safe. Bye. <laughs>